The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday and giving me a chance to be part of your day. We greatly appreciate it and hope that our few moments together in God's Word will be an encouragement to you. If you're following along, take your Bibles. We're in Matthew chapter 12. As we've been going through the life of Christ in Matthew's Gospel, and uh, in a little bit we're going to jump into some of the parables, which uh, really I think some of the most unique teaching of Jesus as he used stories, and we'll walk into why he did that. But in this situation, we see a unique scenario where Jesus has cast out a demon or is accused of casting out demons by the power of Satan, and he gives some great principles Really, when you think about, you know, house divided, many of us have heard that principle, but it really comes down to the source of our strength. Where, where do we go to when it comes to this core strength? What was, who was Jesus when he made uh, the decisions? He did the miracles he did. So let's go ahead and look at this real quick in Matthew chapter 12. and verse 22, it says, Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him. So the blind and mute man could both speak and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? So you immediately see the problem there. Uh, They bring him Jesus. They bring him, uh, they bring him, uh, this demon possessed man to Jesus and he cast out the demon. And doing that, uh, the other physical ailments that came with being demon possessed. He was blind. He was mute. He couldn't speak. Both of those were gone. And immediately people begin to wonder, maybe this is more than just a man who can perform miracles. In those days, if you want to talk about miracles and supernatural things, a lot of people claimed to be able to do that. And so Jesus performing miracles wasn't, um, while he did things others could not, everybody accused that he can, it's, it's just he's special. Uh, it wasn't until he started showing power over the supernatural realm that the world began to say, okay, th- this is not just another teacher. This is not just another sorcerer, if you want to use that term. Could this be the son of David? And by the reference to the son of David, if you go to the Old Testament and study the genealogies, one of um, Jesus's great, 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 whatever grandfathers would have been David. He was in the line and lineage of David. Um, and one day the Bible says he will sit on his father's throne, the throne in Israel. So um, and we look at this and people begin to wonder, maybe this could be it. So what you see coming after this is not necessarily um, anything more than the Pharisees trying to find a way to dispute Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, they didn't either they did not believe it really or they didn't want to believe it either way it was an issue and so let's go ahead and take a look on and see what happens in the next section here um, now when the pharisees heard it they said if this fellow does not cast out demons except by beelzebub the ruler of the demons so they he accuses them he's yeah he cast out demons but obviously he's doing it to the authority of satan beelzebub the father demon satan Okay, we would look at this and immediately, one thing you're going to learn, when somebody is trying to argue truth, it's easy to look and realize there's a problem. They rarely can't use truth, and usually their arguments are quite illogical. So when you hear someone arguing your point, you say, it just doesn't even make sense. It likely doesn't. It's probably wrong. Verse 25, but Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then, how then will his kingdom stand? 
And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. So, uh, one more, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So he starts off with just referencing, it doesn't make sense. A true kingdom cannot really stand strong as long as the people inside of it are fighting amongst themselves. You can take this illustration, go all the way to government. If you've got, the, you know, with these conspiracies that people want to believe are true and there's problems inside the government, then there's going to be problems inside that country. If you go into a church, if there's conflict inside the church and the leadership, there's going to be problems in the church. If you go into a home and there is conflict in the home, Satan can get in and divide. By the way, if I were to say the most important of the three of those institutions we just mentioned that God finds most important and that Satan desires to destroy the most, that is going to be the home. And it's not necessarily going to be government of the church. While those are important, in fact, we went backwards. Okay? God designed um, importance. He designed home, church, government in that realm. So the first one he's going to want to destroy is the home. And so that's something. And if, we can, if he can get in and he can divide the parents and he can divide different people and have them you know, fighting amongst themselves, they're not going to stand. It won't be a strong home. So he goes, that doesn't even make sense. So he uses... A logical answer. By the way, everybody knows this. It was seen through history. This was not even something that you would have to understand the history of the day to understand the logic of his argument. He states an argument. Anybody looking at this would realize why it's a foolish argument. So then he goes on and he says something very intriguing. I love this. Verse 29, how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his good or rob him and steal from him unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me as against me, he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So before I missed one spot, before he goes to this, he mentions, if I'm casting out demons by Satan, then you're right, there's a problem. But if it's not true, then it's very likely the kingdom, the, the kingdom we've promised is here. The Messiah is here. So he uses logic to prove again his point, which of course angers the Pharisees. He didn't even have to use a lot of scripture at this point. He just used logic. Can I tell you one thing intriguing? when I hear people want to debate scripture, uh, a lot of times you can just use simple logic to say your thinking is crazy. So years ago, um, I learned this in school and I thought it was a great truth and I've, I've, I've used this several times. People come to me and said, prove to me that Jesus who walked the earth was God. I think he was just a good man. How was he not just a good man? Well, I don't even go to scripture for that. Here's what I simply say. Jesus claimed to be God. So either he was God or he was the greatest liar to walk the earth. Logic brings it. So the benefit is that truth will have logic on its side. Now, sometimes when you follow what Jesus is doing, the logic doesn't always match human logic because human logic is tainted. His ways and my ways are not the same. But there's a lot of times just simple logic helps you to sit back and say, okay, uh, people to debate between creation and evolution. We can't prove, you can't prove 99% of evolution. I say there's a little bit of truth they pull out, but you can't prove it. And they twist what they do. Uh, we know creation can be. So just the fact that it actually takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does creation is part of why you can get back to it. The point is this, God created truth is simple and created us to desire that truth. And we find it, it's a little more simplistic. And that's what he does here. But then he goes in and he says, if you try to enter a strong man's house, someone who is strong, someone who will defend himself, not afraid to defend himself. How are you going to be able to plunder them? How are you going to be able to rob them? Well, you first have to tie them up. 
or knock him out or kill him or whatever you're going to do. If somebody's strong, you're going to have a hard time getting into that home. Can I give you a very straightforward challenge to us? I would say number one as men, but just as Christians, all right? If we are strong and are and with our God strong as we walk and willing to stand strong in truth, it's really hard to divide what's going on. It's really hard to get in because you've got to get past the man that's willing to stand, or woman that in some cases, strong enough to say no. In a home, you've got to get past a godly man. And when you can't get past a godly man, you're going to have a hard time. It's the greatest protection for a good home is a godly man. Greatest protection for a church is a godly pastor, uh, godly elders and leaders. That's exactly where we're looking to. And so this is something where it gives us a requirement that we need to be strong in our walk with God so that we can offer a strength to those around us. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Thursday morning and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. Greatly appreciate it and hope you're doing well. And I uh, hope you continue to just begin to think about coming Sunday. You know, look ahead at all that God's going to do here in just a couple of days. Prepare your hearts as we see how God will work through worship and through singing here in just a couple of days. We do appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow.